It's time now for the Rural News with Sally Murphy in Ōtautahi. Kia ora, Sally, and stronger sales of honey has helped Convida report record results. Kia ora, Mani. Yeah, the country's largest manuka honey exporter says more people have turned to honey as a health food during the pandemic, lifting its profits. Convita has reported a net profit after tax of $12.8 million, a 35% lift on last year. It's also reported record revenue of $209 million. The results are the second best in the company's history. Convita Chief Executive David Banfield says they've seen double-digit growth across all honey types. If you think two sides of the world, sort of uh, the um, eastern side of the world, people have used honey as a medicine for thousands of years. And so consequently, when consumers want products that uh, are natural and healthy, then uh, they typically turn to us. So that's an ongoing trend. And probably that emergence in the US as well or in in the Western markets where, again, consumers recognise that you know, um, food is a medicine and, uh, and Convita quality is, uh, is without peer. But he says getting the company to these results hasn't been easy. He says freight issues has resulted in some products sitting in ports for over a month. He says the COVID-19 lockdowns in China have also had a big effect on sales. In mainland China, our, our, our total performance was up 9% um, for the full year. But in retail... Between we were at the end of uh, February, we were eight percent up, and then the period from March to June, caused by lockdowns, we were forty six percent down in that retail space. So, so you can see how well the rest of the business performed, and and as I say, the capability of the team that enabled that to happen. David Banfield says Convita's other key honey market, North America, has seen growth of twenty nine percent. Floodwaters have receded in hard-hit areas of Tasman and Marlborough, revealing the extent of damage to farms. Some farms were left completely underwater and cut off after torrential rain late last week. Marlborough Federated Farmers President Scott Adams says they've had better weather in recent days, which, allow, which has allowed the clean-up to begin. The biggest things, fence, fencing and infrastructure damage, so especially out the Rye Valley Way, laneways to the dairy shed. Dairy, some dairy sheds have had water through them and um, silting from the water going down into the and with the water sitting it's not doing pasture any benefit either it's starting to discolour and it will die if it doesn't get some oxygen shortly. I guess farmers will be getting a good sense of the clean-up job that they've got in front of them. Yes it's starting to get to that uh, there has been, been a bit of clean-up going on out there where farmers have been starting to get, get some panics back so they're gaining a bit more room than what they had during the flood so as as each as every paddock you get back, it makes you feel a bit better. So it's just it's just a head down, bum up, really. Scott Adams says feed being sent up from Southland should arrive at the weekend, which will be a great help. Fonterra says milk tankers should reach most farms in the Rye Valley from today, but there are still about 40 farms in the Collingwood area that remain cut off. Kiwi fruit marketer Zespri says there are fewer illegal plantings of the sun gold variety in China than previously thought. In an update to growers, the company says new estimates show there are around 7,000 total hectares of unauthorised plantings in China. Earlier this year, it estimated there was about 12,000 hectares. 
Zespri owns the rights to Sun Gold, or G3, and growers here pay hundreds of thousands of dollars per hectare to grow it. Zespri says it's continuing to monitor the situation closely and will provide an update to growers on the next steps over the coming months. There has been renewed confidence in the first few wool auctions of the season, although the wet weather may dampen sentiment a little. Here's AgriHQ senior analyst Mal Crowd. Fortunately, buyers have been fairly active, and generally wool quality has been better um, after the stint of poor quality wools we saw at the start of the year. However, the weather is starting to have another impact on the market, and it's been especially wet, um, as we know, in a number of regions. That's leaving shearing running well behind uh, schedule, and it has tightened market supplies, uh, as well as dropping some of the quality of the wools available again. Um, We're definitely seeing mud um, and increased moisture levels on fleeces, particularly in the South Island in recent weeks. That's Mel Crowd. A ban on the export of live animals by sea is continuing through the parliamentary process. Last year, the government announced the ban with a two-year phase-out period following a review of the practice. The Animal Welfare Amendment Bill, which would enact the ban, is currently at the Committee of Whole House. Debating the ban yesterday, Act's primary industry spokesperson Mark Cameron says the government is not taking into account the impact the ban will have on rural communities. Farmer producers potentially out of business farmhands, calf growers, livestock handlers, feed suppliers, vets, sir. These are all people that are potentially going to be affected by the nullification of this trade. Exporters, livestock agents. wonder how many livestock agents around the country, sir, are now going to lose 15%, 20% of their trade. Transporter operators, and the list goes on. But Agriculture Minister Damien O'Connor says the ban is necessary to uphold New Zealand's reputation as leaders in animal welfare. The bill will now go to its third reading before coming into effect in April next year. And just lastly, produce company Leaderbrand has begun a three-year project to investigate the impacts of growing vegetables regeneratively. The trial will compare two vegetable growing sites side by side, one using traditional practices and the other using regenerative techniques. Leaderbrand's general manager of farming, Gordon McPhail, says the regenerative site will evaluate the impacts of using compost and cover crops across varied crop rotations. There's a lot of research that's out there that exists, in in particular around pastoral farming. But in an intensive vegetable sense, there's a lot of limitations around, I guess, what the traditional regenerative scope looks like. And that's what we're looking to try and explore and and ultimately set some parameters which, which others can follow. That's Gordon McPhail from Leader Brand wrapping up the rural news for today. Koirate Purongo o te taifenua.